Welcome to Face Your Faith with West Kenyon. It is our hope that today's study will encourage you to grow deeply in your relationship with God as we study the Word together. Now let's join West for today's study. Today our topic is on the two-faced Christian. And if you are not familiar with the term two-faced, it is more or less anyone whose personality regularly changes depending on who is watching and or listening. The scientific name for this species is better known as the Christian chameleon. And just where can we best catch a glimpse of this seemingly clever species flashing their oh-so-colorful charm? At church, most often. It is, however, much more difficult to spot this same creature when they slip into the recesses of their home and quickly lose all their brilliant and vibrant personality. While this isn't a National Geographic documentary, it easily could be, and tragically, all too many of us know two-faced people. Sadly, I grew up with a dad like this, seemingly quite awesome in public and really unloving and dismal at home. Does this describe you by chance, or do you know someone like this? Before you answer, very carefully examine yourself before you emphatically announce it aloud, or to yourself, or to God. Now let's clarify. Every one of us has been a two-faced Christian, and still more prevalent and unfortunately are the many of us who live a two-faced life every day, and worse yet, all while assuming no one really knows. FYI, many more people than you think know if you are two-faced. So let's get started and intently, very intently, look at what this looks like, and especially in the life of a Christian, someone who claims to follow Christ and claims to be a believer and claims to lead a very holy, God-honoring life. For starters, and if you listen to the recent topic on judging, we reviewed in part the life of a hypocrite, and two-faced people, Christian or not, are the dictionary definition of a hypocrite. Let's stop there for just a moment, and I believe this is a particularly important place for me to remind everyone who is listening that I do not want you to take my word for any of what I will say in this message today. You need to always take everything back that is presented to you by any person on the planet, back to an accurate copy of God's word, and make sure it follows scripture exactly and word for word. When I teach God's Word, I am simply regurgitating what I believe to be true from Scripture and God-honoring. But you need to know it is true in your life, and that can only be done by taking everything you hear from anyone back to Scripture. Now back to our topic. So instead of titling this topic hypocrisy, which is a great word, I believe two-faced is more visual, much more visual as the graphic depicts. And while we will have a slight overlap from last week's topic on judging, we will, however, walk down a completely different scriptural path as we specifically examine the life of a hypocrite. And again, let's take a look at the dictionary for the meaning of hypocrite. Dictionary.com says, It is a person who pretends to have virtues, moral or religious beliefs, principles, etc., that he or she does not actually possess especially a person whose actions belie or contradict, falsely represent, their stated beliefs. Definition 2 states a person who fictitiously lives out some desirable or publicly approved attitude, especially one whose private life, opinions, or statements belie, contradict, or falsely represent his or her public statements or actions. Key to both definitions, hypocrites live out their lives as frauds, more bluntly, liars. 
And who does this describe? Every person on the planet, yes, church leaders, pastors, on down, you, me, parents, siblings, supposed best friends, co-workers, bosses, and you get the drift. Again, let me remind everyone that I am not in any way excluding myself from this message. I have lived and will live my life out in situations where I am a complete hypocrite, a liar, a fraud. One way in my private life and another way in public. While I am certainly not proud of this and regret and repent for the times I act this way, it is nonetheless a choice I make, all on my own, without God, and fully to the devil's joy. And the same goes for each of you. And this is a great opportunity to point out the choices we make as believers. And I can either choose to do right, following God's desires, or do wrong, following Satan's desires. And there is no gray area in this at all. It is either one way or the other. There is no sort of hypocrite, no sort of sin, no sort of right, no sort of wrong. Either we live a lie or we live the truth. Either we honor God or we do not. So enough on my thoughts in the dictionary, and let's go to God's thoughts on the matter of hypocrisy. And there are some incredibly blunt and hard-hitting passages on this topic in the Bible. So let's set our opinions and our attitudes aside and listen, not to me, but to God. And we will start with Psalm 55, 21. His speech was smooth as butter, yet war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. Okay, that's really clear. That certainly tells the full story of a hypocrite. And that tragically describes me at various times in my life. And yes, it describes everyone on the planet. And it doesn't matter how religious and close to God you think you are. You and I are very guilty of this. Let's take this one blunt and brutal step further. Psalm 101.7 No one who practices deceit shall dwell in my house. No one who utters lies shall continue before my eyes. Hang on one minute, you say. I am a believer. I am saved and written in the Lamb's book of life. I have been pardoned of all of this through the blood of Jesus. I am a child of God and I know I will dwell with God for eternity. This certainly would not pertain to me or any believer. God knows I do my best not to be like that. Really? Are you certain you want to utter one word of that in earshot of God, let alone anyone else on the planet? Well, that does not sound like a repentant, thoughtful, humble, God-honoring heart at all. In fact, that very statement sounds like the dictionary definition of hypocrisy. Because someone with this attitude is usually the first to rip everyone else apart when they themselves are the recipient of hypocrisy. Proof. Isaiah 29, 13. And the Lord said, Because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and their fear of me is a commandment only taught by men. Continuing with Matthew 23, 27, it says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanliness. Sounds like Jesus was living with a bunch of chameleons and saw them for their changing colors. Again, don't take this up with me. Don't get all bent out of shape with what I am saying because I am not saying this. These are God's words, not mine. This is his opinion on hypocrisy, not mine. And if by chance you are getting riled up over this, 
carefully consider that this uncomfortable feeling just might be better known as conviction or God attempting to wake you up. Remember, we need to take our life up with God and justify whatever we are doing in our life with Him. It is ultimately not about family, church, colleagues, etc. It's all between you and God, period. Keep this in mind as well as we battle through this very tough subject. God says, you will know them by their fruits. In other words, you can say and act in any manner you think is right or attempt to defraud others, but most everyone will ultimately see you for who you really are, and especially if you call yourself a Christian, follower of Christ, believer. But perhaps even more damaging is if you are a chameleon pastor or you have been in any leadership position or hold leadership position in a church. Before we move on, I want to point out that we are all very eligible of being a Pharisee, a scribe, as mentioned in our passage from Matthew 23:27. A Pharisee is not a job title or someone who is ordained or spends their life working at a church or ministering. And here is more evidence from God. Luke 16, 15. And he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Continuing on with Luke 6, 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Now let's take a look at this from a very different angle and that of someone who claims they have, without question, accepted Jesus as Lord, accepted the free gift of salvation, and still engages in hypocrisy. If this describes you, it will be quite evident as to your relationship and desire with God of walking away from this lifestyle of hypocrisy because you will never engage in hypocrisy or any sin for that matter and not be profoundly convicted by God of your actions. You will feel the need to repent, the need to confess, and the need to admit sincerely not for show and more hypocrisy that you are wrong, but that you are wrong and that you struggle and that you do regular battle with it and you desire for others to get in your face about it, even if you hate being reminded by others wallowing in their own hypocrisy. This then becomes the true mark of a believer whose first desire is to follow Christ. Are you willing to stop and examine your life before Christ before you fire off how this simply does not pertain to you? Know that taking up with God what we might not even recognize in our lives is the mark of humility and of a true follower of Christ. This has nothing to do with not sinning. I do not believe, based on Scripture, that God is remotely interested in how often we sin as believers or that we continue to commit the same sin a million times. I do believe, however, God is very interested in how we respond to our sin. Through sincere acknowledgement and repentance and our honest freedom in letting others know of our deep struggles we face in these many areas of our lives. God never asked us to beat ourselves bloody because we commit the same sin more than once. He never asked us to feel guilty. He never asked us to hate ourselves over our wrong. He did, however, ask us, command us, in fact, to come to him and repent and keep repenting and keep recognizing where we need to grow and what we need to walk away from with the strength only found in Christ. 
And when we live our lives in this way, not scared of being honest with our struggles and how we either functionally or dysfunctionally deal with them through God, we present our true testimony and God-honoring fruit for all to see and be encouraged by. Again, you will know them by their fruits, for better or for worse. Another very stark example in Scripture of our hypocrisy is in our speech. God makes it very clear that we are to be very careful with what we say and the language we use in all circumstances. In addition, we are to be very careful in criticizing others for the language they use when we are just as guilty. James 1.26, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Doesn't this ring true in many of our lives when we are either the hypocrite or we get infuriated because we are on the receiving end of a hypocrite telling us what language is or isn't appropriate? Inasmuch, however, we are to encourage each other using God as our example and point out to each other when we are walking or talking off course. With that, however, we need to be very careful not to do anything quote, holy, and quote, righteously, just so others think we are walking or talking to honor God. Matthew 6, 1, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. And why is this? Because it is another great example of hypocrisy, and God will not reward this behavior. And remember this, Luke 12, 2, Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. In other words, if you are attempting to live as a closet hypocrite, you will be found out. But if you are found out and you are confronted, no matter your position in life, boss, pastor, parent, child, or friend, don't fight it. Don't retaliate. Just own it. Don't attack by saying you are being judged and that's not me and you're wrong. You know, oftentimes, if not all the time, when we retaliate, when someone lovingly presents a deficiency in our life, it usually proves it to be an accurate assessment. And indeed, we are usually guilty of that thing or things, and especially since we are all guilty of hypocrisy. So as practicing hypocrites, what does God expect of me to be recognizing, admitting, and practicing, and going to God about regularly? 1 Peter 2.1 and 1 Peter 2.16. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. And finally, when you do sincerely go to God, don't go to Him like a hypocrite either. Matthew 6.5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. And what is this reward Jesus is referring to that they have received? The earthly reward of many who look up to them and praise them for their fake dedication to God and prayer. Doesn't this sound like many of us on Sunday morning at church? So what's the moral of the story? You will be called out for being a hypocrite, both by your peers and by God. No matter who you are, you will ultimately go down in humiliation and disrespect. Again, let's strive to live out 1 Peter 2.1. Put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy 
and all slander. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you consumed with hypocrisy, often hating those who are hypocrites in our lives and yet so hypocritically dishing it out to others in order to make ourselves look more righteous and more appealing to the world. Forgive us for choosing to live our lives like this in front of each other and in front of you. Forgive us for our stubbornness and unrepentant hearts and our refusal to listen to others who are willing to point out the sin in our lives. Press on us a willingness to accept and consider everyone who points out areas in our lives that may not be comfortable to hear, and at the very least, run it by you to search our hearts for the truth. Thank you for guiding us so lovingly and faithfully, and we ask all of this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you are joining us by podcast, please visit our website at faceyourfaith.com for more information and resources.